Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Shooting the Sports Podcast with Ebony and Ivory. My name's Jonathan. I'm the Ebony. And my name's Nick, and I'm the Ivory. Welcome into episode 16. And John, it is that time of year again. We're coming up on fantasy football season. Our fantasy football draft in our league is about 38 days away, so just over a month. Not counting at all? No, 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 not at all. Not at all. I, you know, I don't have a timer set or anything counting down the seconds, but you know, it is what it is. <laughs> Some of us are more ready than others or more excited than others, but uh, <laughs> we're going to we're going to jump right into it today and we're going to get started with our first fantasy football episode of the year. Um, we're hoping to little side note, we're hoping to once it gets later on into the season, uh, once the season gets underway, we're hoping to do multiple episodes a week, um, shorter episodes, for example, like on Tuesdays, doing a waiver episode, and then hopefully Thursdays before the Thursday night game, kind of giving our, you know, maybe starts of the week or something along those lines um, as far as setting lineups, um, our top players at each position, something like that. Um, so yeah, look forward to that. Hopefully we'll be doing multiple episodes a week. Like I said, those will be a little bit shorter episodes. Um, but if you're a fantasy football person, then those are going to be for you. I just want to say that we are doing these rankings as of, you know, July 29th. Uh, we understand things happen a lot between now and the draft. Um, also want to let you guys know that, you know, like every other fantasy football show, you know, these are our opinions. Um, there is no right and wrong answer in fantasy. You can only look back on the air and, you know, really see if, if you were right or not. So I just wanted to put that disclaimer out there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, things are, things could change between now and the time everybody starts drafting by the time, by the time the season starts. So yeah, like I said, these, like, like John just said, these are going to be rankings a month before the season starts, you know, six weeks before the season starts. So Take them with a grain of salt for now, but, you know, assuming that not a whole lot changes, you know, with these players and their teams, these are the rankings that we have, you know, going into it, assuming no major changes take place. Um, again, these are going to be our consensus rankings. We each ranked our top 10, did a consensus top 10 based on that. Um, surprisingly, our top four were the same. So there was really not a whole lot of debate that needed to be done here. We're pretty much in the same same boat as far as which quarterbacks are going to be top 10 and where we usually finish. are when it comes to fantasy. We, we, that's just a little backstory. Nick and I are usually always the ones competing at the end in our league. Uh, and it's because we're usually pretty dead on when it comes to <laughs> how we feel about people. Yeah. Yeah. Our predictions are usually pretty spot on. Um, I definitely like to take pride in that. I felt like I did a pretty good job ranking, doing my rankings last year. I think I had about half, maybe six out of the 10 quarterbacks. So I was pretty happy about that. But let's get started with number one. Um, it was no secret. You know, I think this is kind of everybody's number one this year. It was both of our number ones. Um, Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills, finishes quarterback one last year. He had four quarterback one finishes on the season. His stats were, were pretty good. I feel like he finished quarterback one last year, and I feel like he can do even better next year. Um, 409 for 646. 400, excuse me, 4,407 yards, 36 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, had 763 rushing yards, six rushing touchdowns. I honestly look for him to improve on those passing numbers. Um, I think 
4,400 yards is a little low. You know, I think if he improves that up to 46, 4,700 and rushes for about the same, which I don't think is out of the realm of possibilities, you know, I think he could finish even higher than what he did last year, which, you know. Yeah, for for me, the reason Josh Allen sits at one is because of that rushing factor, right? Like, obviously, there's rushing quarterbacks on our list, like Kyler Murray, you know, Jalen Hurts, obviously, Lamar Jackson, Patty Mahomes. But for Josh Allen, he is the combination of, for me, of someone that can run similar like Lamar Jackson, but with the arm of Tom Brady. He can, he can do both. Um, very clear cut, number one. I don't think there was any argument there. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think Josh Allen's going to run for a thousand yards, but like like Lamar Jackson has the potential to do, but he's going to run for six, seven hundred yards and he's still going to throw for well over four thousand. You know, they have a very potent offense. You know, Stefan Diggs, I think Gabriel Davis, you know, I mentioned a few weeks back, he was one of my sleepers that I think could potentially have a great year. Um, and I also pointed out, you know, every year going back to I think it was at least 2012. At least one team has had multiple receivers in the top 14. I think that team is the Buffalo Bills this year. I think it's Diggs and Gabe Davis in the top 14 when it's all said and done. Um, you know, they still have Jamison Crowder, you know, as the third guy catching balls at receiver. Dawson Knox is nothing to sleep at either. Uh, I think a lot of people forget too. They picked up OJ Howard, who's a big body. He can catch passes. Tavon Austin didn't have a bad, bad few years in, uh, in Dallas. So, you know, they have a few weapons, you know, and they got they got some running backs that they don't use a whole lot, you know, unless it's really in the passing game. So I think this offense is set up for a guy like Josh Allen to have a very, I don't want to say easy, but a pretty easy road to quarterback one finish this year. So I know we're not going to spend a lot of time on it because he's the clear cut number one, but do you feel like what the Bills are trying to do, establishing the run game through the draft and everything, do you feel like that might take away from his ranking. Do you still see? The no, same? I no, I, I I think they're gonna. I think they're picking up guys that fit their system, um, guys that can maybe run you know a little bit better than some of the guys they've had. But I think they're looking for mainly the pass catchers, guys that can inc- they can incorporate into their offense. And I don't think it takes away from Josh Allen at all. Like I said, he he ran the ball a hundred over a hundred times last year and had seven over seven hundred yards. So. I don't think it takes away from it. Um, if anything, like I said, I look for him to improve on his numbers last year. I look for the interceptions to go down from 15 and the yards to go up from 4,400. So, yeah, he was a pretty easy choice at number one. All right. Well, number two, we have one of my favorites, uh, Justin Herbert of the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, you know, last year finished third in touchdowns, fifth in passing grade. Um, what, what more can you say about the man? Um, he posted as many top five weeks as, uh, Brady and Josh Allen almost. So yeah, it was, I didn't think there was any argument with us from there either. No, no, Josh Allen, he finished quarterback two last year, uh, was quarterback one twice last season, you know, threw for over 5,000 yards. Yeah. 38 touchdowns, 15 picks still ran the ball for 300 yards and three touchdowns as well. You know, so he's, he's not a a dangerous runner, but he's somebody that can get the job done with his feet if he needs to. And obviously having that rapport still with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, Austin Eckler, they brought in Gerald Everett. This team, similar to Josh Allen, these teams are building around their young quarterbacks. And I think this team is built for success with Justin Herbert. You know, Keenan Allen's a dangerous receiver, generally finishes as a top 10, top 12 receiver. 
Mike Williams, you know, we both feel very similar about Mike Williams when it comes to fantasy football. You know, I picked him up last year. I traded him <laughs> after his hot start. Thank God I did. Bro, because you rode, that, you rode that train. I rode that train for a little bit. You know, he fell off, thank God, right after I traded him. But let's be honest, when it comes to real life football, he gets the job done on the field. And that's going to translate to fantasy points for the quarterback. And yeah, I think I think the two spot is really good for Justin Herbert. Obviously, he's got potential to finish his quarterback one. Um, but you know, with Josh Allen being a slightly better, slightly better running quarterback, I'd give that slight slight nod to to Josh Allen. But yeah, Justin Herbert, pretty easy choice at number two. Um, I think I think that's a pretty good spot to put him. Five thousand yards, thirty eight touchdowns. I think that's a pretty reasonable expectation coming up for this year number three we had a good old patty mahomes rode that train last season um finished with uh just over 4800 yards 37 touchdowns was a little taken back by the 13 interceptions i don't know if that took you back um well considering the the number one and number two quarterback finishers last year josh allen and herbert both threw for 15 interceptions it doesn't really bother me a whole lot compared to Patty Mahomes' previous numbers before last season. Yeah, it's a little little concerning, but I don't look for him to struggle as much as he did last year. I guess my question with this one to you would be, do you think that people have figured out the Kansas City offense? Because you look at 2020, 2019, 2019 through five interceptions. I mean, heck, let's go back to 2017. Through one interception, 2018 was the outlier before last season, 12 touch or 12 interceptions. And then 19 and 20, he only threw for five interceptions and then six. So, I mean, he threw for less interceptions the last two years before last year combined. So my question is, do you feel like the Kansas city offense has been figured out a little bit? Um, I think that that offense was figured out last season a little bit. Yes. I think teams figured out how to limit, certain players on that team. Um, However, they lost one of the main ingredients on that team. So whatever you think you figured out last year, you're going to have to rethink that this year. They don't have Tyreek Hill. You know, they don't have that giant over the top threat. And I truly believe that the chiefs are going to rework that offense a little bit to be more of a middle, middle of the field, you know, line of scrimmage, 10 yard, you know, three-step drop type type team, I think they're going to get the ball out quicker. I think they're going to use a lot more motion. Um, you know, Juju, McCole Hardman, they drafted Sky Moore. They picked up MVS, who's a, you know, serviceable receiver. He can get the job done. And they still have Travis Kelsey on that team too. Um, so, I yeah, I think Patrick Mahomes still has all of the – he still has all the weapons. I think he'll improve on those interceptions. I think – Nine or 10 is a reasonable expectation. Um, They're still going to throw the ball over 600 times. So, you know, and I keep mentioning the number 600 because fun stat, the top six finishing quarterbacks last year all threw the ball at least 600 times. So I don't know if that's something to keep an eye on. You know, our quarterback coming up next year, he's definitely not going to throw the ball 300 times, but I feel like he'll finish high just for other reasons, but back to Patty Mahomes. Yeah. I, I I don't think teams are going to have them figured out like they thought they did last year based on losing one of your main ingredients and just having to rework that offense as a whole. 
but you still have the weapons. You still got some speed. I think three is a good spot. I think three is a good spot, and I, I, I like that for him. At number four, we are going to have Lamar Jackson, who did not have a great season last year, finished his quarterback 14. He did have one quarterback, one finish last year, um, threw for 2,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, ran the ball for 767 yards, two touchdowns. Um, as a as, as a major threat on the ground, or as much of a major threat on the ground as he is, it's surprising that he only ran the ball for four more yards than Josh Allen. Um, I'm surprised that they were that close, but I think we can all agree that Lamar Jackson was or had a very down season. But fun fact about Lamar Jackson, he had more rushing yards last year than Miles Sanders, more rushing yards than James Conner, and more rushing yards than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If we are talking strictly rushing yards, he actually finished as the 23rd highest rusher in the NFL last year. So to me, in a down season, Lamar Jackson was still very dangerous on the ground for a quarterback. I'm going to go ahead and make a bold prediction. I can 100% see him finishing a top three, top two. Um, It's a contract year. Um, You know, we always try to look at things that are outside of the stats that might help influence. And for me, it's the fact that it's a contract year. He's refusing to sign an extension. I think he has a point to prove. So for me, I'm going to go ahead and call it. I will not be surprised if he ends up in the top two, top three, as far as quarterbacks this season. No, I wouldn't either. And and I don't, I don't think he's refusing necessarily to sign a deal. Um, he is at training camp practicing with the team, uh, which most people that don't have a contract extension signed, you know, most people don't do that in that scenario. So hats off to him for being a leader and being out on the field with his teammates during a contract dispute. That is, that is awesome. Love to see that. Um, but you know, like I said, we got to get back to Lamar Jackson's feet. The man is so dangerous on the ground as a runner, you know, last year. And, and this is, again, this was last season in a down year for him, you know, again, quarterback 14, that is not where Lamar Jackson should be finishing, but in a down season, he would have been slightly better than Tony Pollard on the ground. Now, everybody's talking about Tony Pollard this year, and you know he's the reason that Zeke's dropping in his ADP and all this and that. But Lamar Jackson, as a quarterback, just taking his rushing numbers would have been slightly better than Tony Pollard in fantasy football. So that's something to keep in mind. And again, like I said, that's in a down season. I feel like, and I don't think this is a crazy, crazy prediction, but I feel like if he plays to the average of his previous two seasons before last year, I think he finishes just under Josh Allen and with potential to finish as the quarterback one. But yeah, I think, I think quarterback two is, is not out of the realm of possibility for a guy like him. I mean, you're not wrong when you bring that up, especially when the man not only rushed for over a thousand yards the last two seasons before last year, but over 1100 yards, you know, uh, 1200 in 2019, 1100 in 2020. So, I mean, I, I definitely see it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he only had two touchdowns on the ground last year. I definitely think that he can do better than that and improve on that. So, you know, even if he still keeps it under 3,000 yards, limits those turnovers a little bit, maybe keep, you know, cut it by three or four, 
um, you don't have to throw that many more touchdowns, you know, run for 250 more yards and three or four more scores. And yeah, I think, I think quarterback three, four, and potentially quarterback one or two finish is not out of the realm of possibility for him, even with losing a guy like Hollywood Brown. And another thing too, with Lamar Jackson is I look for Rashad Bateman to have a big year this year in a big step up. He's now going to be the wide receiver one in front of Devin Duvernay. They still have Mark Andrews. I look for it to be the Rashad Bateman show in Baltimore. I mean, I, I, I'm very curious to see how that works out because I, I, and I've gone on record and, you know, we always give each other our dues. I was a big believer in Rashad Bateman. Um, I believe I called As him was I. His, in, injury, his injury when we talked about it, you know, when he first came on the scene. Um, I'm very interested to see how he does as a wide receiver one. Um, but I'm curious to see the effect of not having Marquise Brown, especially since, considering how upset he was when he got traded. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what happens at Baltimore. Like I said, I, I don't predict Lamar Jackson to have another down season. Um, I look for him to improve on his numbers from last year, you know, improving from that quarterback 14 position. And I think a lot of that is going to be done on the ground. I think he's going to figure out how to work in his legs with, you know, with throwing the ball. And I think he's going to get back to that old form. And I think he's going to be a very high finish. Like I said, I, I think we always take for granted the rapport that these guys have and have built and everything like that. So for me, it's one of those, is Bateman going to be able to step up one and two? How are they going to respond without Marquise Brown, who, you know, was their wheels? Um, so Absolutely. That over the top threat, it's going to be, they're going to be missing that. But like I said, I think they're, I think they're going to be able to, I think they're going to be able to figure it out. I, I have, I have high hopes for, for Lamar Jackson at least. But number five, though, was the first spot that we actually had different um, in our rankings. You actually had the pers- this person at number five. I had this person ranked seven. Um, we agreed to put him at number five for you know reasons we'll get into later. But let's get right into him. Number five, Kyler Murray, the Arizona Cardinals quarterback, finished at Q- uh, QB10 last year, was QB1 three different times last season. Um, which was very shocking to me, actually. 3,700 yards, 24 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, still put up 400 yards on the ground, five five touchdowns with his legs. We talked about, you know, Lamar Jackson losing Hollywood Brown. Kyler Murray's gaining Hollywood Brown. Um, He's definitely going to need him, considering he's losing DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games this year. Um, But Hollywood Brown right now is actually dealing with a hamstring injury. Um, So we will see how that's, how that come, you know works out in the coming weeks. Hopefully, he can get that healed up before the start of the season. But I think what, he does. I mean, the man's always dealing with some sort of injury. Let's be honest, and it's usually never affected his gameplay. No, no, yeah, he's usually one of them guys, like you, yeah, like you said, that's on the on the injury report. Um, but I look for Kyler Murray to have a great year. I, I don't think you know he's going. I think right now around quarterback four or five off the board. I don't think that's any much different from where he's going to finish this year. I think quarterback four or five, maybe six, you know, I, he's going to finish somewhere in that middle, middle tier. Um, I don't think he'll be a top three guy, but I think anywhere four through eight is realistic for Kyler Murray, which, you know, nobody's going to be upset about drafting quarterback eight, you know, at the, by the end of the season. I think everybody'd be okay with that. 
Um, now, are you still little concerned with his down rushing? Because 2020 finished, well, I mean, let's go back to 2019, 544, 2020, 819. And then last year, only 423 yards rushing. Does that concern you at all? It, it would, but similar to Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray finished his QB 10 last year because he had such a flip-flop season. He had a great first half, fell off in the second half. Um, I look for, if he can put together more of a consistent season, which I look for him to do, I think those rushing numbers come up a little bit. Um, I think I statted him around 500 yards. So, you know, not too much more than last season, less than his previous years, but I think he gets the job done in the air. I think he limits the turnovers. And I look for him to have a great season. And really for him, it's all about managing those first six games. If you manage those first six games and get through the time without DeAndre Hopkins, you're going to have DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore. James Conner's a great pass-catching running back. Zach Ertz has been in the league for a long time. He's got plenty of weapons. You manage those first six games and don't throw too many interceptions. I think, yeah, I think quarterback five or even higher could be very, very realistic for him. So what do you feel about the contract issue with Kyler Murray? Um, the report came out a few days ago that there was a clause in his contract that apparently no other quarterback has and that the Cardinals were going to require him to four hours of mandatory film study per week. Um, failure to meet that would result in less money, blah, 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 however it was worded. But basically it came out to he was required to do four hours of film study per week, and that was a clause in his contract that apparently no other guy has. Now, Kyler Murray came out the very next day and said, you know, you don't get to a position that I've gotten to without hard work and dedication. Then a few hours later or later that night, the Cardinals came out and said that they were getting rid of that clause in his contract because it was a distraction. My question for you is, does that worry you about Kyler Murray in his future that he could potentially be a, I don't, don't want to compare him to Jamarcus Russell, but he was infamous for somebody that did not prepare for games, did not study. Are you afraid that Kyler Murray could have that sort of mindset and that could affect him later on? Um, I feel like with real life football, Maybe, perhaps. You know, I could definitely see the Cardinals possibly trading him down the line if he doesn't get it together in that aspect of things. As far as fantasy, I'm 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 not worried. I feel like his talent is much more sufficient than Jamarcus Russell ever was. And, you know, whether we like it or not, talent um talent does have some days where it outshines hard work. Um I think the Cardinals definitely made their stance very clear as wanting as wanting him to work harder. Uh, but no, I don't see it being a distraction. I don't, I don't see it affecting his fantasy outcome. Could it affect the Cardinals' real-life outcome? Absolutely. I definitely saw that, and um, I'm going to go ahead and say I wouldn't be surprised if they trade him in the next couple of years if that keeps up. But as far as this year for fantasy, no, I don't think it has an impact. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I slightly disagree with that. I don't. I would be surprised if they traded him any time in the next couple seasons just because they just signed him to an extension a very large extension. I think he's a Cardinal for a while. Um, I honestly think it's something well, let, we're going to figure out. Let me be out. clear. 
When I say the trading part, I'm that if the drama continues like it did this offseason. Yeah, well, but I, you know, they were very quick to to put a put a stop to that and put a stop to the drama and they took that clause out because it was like they said, quote, a distraction. So, they're very they're very quick to to put an end to all of that that drama and I think that was a a clear indication that they want Kyler Murray in Arizona for as long as possible. So number six was a guy I'll let you go ahead and and talk about him here a little bit. He was a guy that we both had at number six and he's a favorite. The reason I'm actually excited to talk about this guy is he is my favorite quarterback in the league right now. Um, Little biased because he comes from uh, LSU. Joey B, Joe Burrow, shout out LSU. um, Got that natty with that killer team. Um, for me, he was just ice cold last year. And when I say ice cold, I mean just cold-blooded. The man did whatever it took to get the win. I mean, he finished with, what, 4,600 yards, 34 touchdowns, still managed over 100 yards on the ground and two TDs. For me, Joe Burrow is the most dangerous quarterback in the draft. And I say that because he had the crappiest offensive line known to man last year and all the Bengals did this year and this offseason was upgraded so for me I'm very excited to see where Joe Burrow finishes um if they're able to keep the offensive line together um you know they already have a killer wide receiver who will get into rankings that I have going top three to finish the year last year in Jamar Chase I'm sorry this year in Jamar Chase um I'm going to make a bold prediction. I think Joey B could finish top three. That is a very bold prediction. I don't know if I would go quite that bold with any of my predictions on him. Um, I think it's very reasonable that he could finish quarterback four or five. Um, He was QB five last year, had two QB one finishes. And like you were just saying, a lot of this is going to revolve around how well Jamar Chase performs. Um, I think it's possible him and Higgins could be a very good tandem this year. They still have Tyler Boyd, you know, so he's got the same three receivers that he's been playing with for a long time. Um, you know, his rapport with Jamar Chase goes way back to college days. Joe Mixon's still around. Hayden Hurst they brought in. He can catch passes. He's got a capable offense. Um, as far as on the ground, he's not as dangerous as some of those top guys, you know. You look at Somebody like Justin Herbert, who's not really known for as a runner, ran for 300 yards. Joe Burrow, just slightly over 100. Um, not really a threat on the ground, in my opinion. I think he's more of that Andrew Luck standing there and standing there and sling it, you know, Brett Favre kind of guy. But I'll, I'll say this. I think Joe Burrow's finish depends on the legs of Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. I think if the two of them have any struggles like they did last year, I think quarterback four is very realistic for Joe Burrow. Um, But if the legs hold up and the legs do what they're supposed to for Murray and Jackson, I think, I think, I think Joe Burrow six, a six quarterback, six finishes is pretty reasonable for him. Um, But like I said, we both had him ranked sixth for a reason. So, you know, I think that's, I think that's about where he's going to finish this year. So uh, number seven is actually the other one that we had a little disagreement about. I believe you had this person finishing at five. 
I yep. had them finishing at seven. Yep. Um, and there's and there's multiple reasons why I was okay with putting him seven. You know, just to be clear, five through eight, I really think could finish in any order. You know, I think this person here at seven could finish five. They could finish as low as eight and anywhere in between. Um, same with the other guys here in, at these positions. But number seven, we put Tom Brady, uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He had an unbelievable season. You know, he threw for over 5,000 yards. I think it was over 5,300, if I'm uh, to be exact. 43 touchdowns, 12 picks. This man threw the ball at age 43, correct? He's 43 now. I lose, I lose count. Uh, no, 45. He's 45 already? You're joking. Nope, he's 45. Okay, so at age 45, this man threw the ball 719 times. The most in his career. Now, to be clear... This is one of the reasons why I don't or why I was okay with Tom Brady going at seven in our consensus ranking. I don't look for him to throw the ball 700 times again. I think that's unrealistic. All this talk with Leonard Fournette getting slimmer and getting in better shape for the, for the upcoming season, I look for them to be a little more of a threat on the ground. Now, this is your team. You might disagree. But the reason I had Tom Brady as high as I did my rankings is strictly because he's thrown for 40 touchdowns both seasons with Tampa. I don't think he's going to throw for 5,000 yards, but even he doesn't have to to get a high finish. He's going to throw for 38, 39, 40 touchdowns, and that's going to put him in the quarterback five, quarterback six range. I think Joe Burrow, just with the way that offense went last year, I think Joe Burrow's got a very good chance to finish slightly above Tom Brady. I think the two of them, though, are going to be very close when it comes down to it. Brady finishes quarterback three last year. It's going to be it's going to be a good one for him. I'd like to hear from you, um, being our resident Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. You know, obviously they still have Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, brought in Russell Gage, and recent the old man Julio Jones. I don't know what your expectations are for Julio Jones, but as a fourth option on that team. To say that Julio Jones is your fourth option is pretty impressive. Yeah, for me, I go back and forth because you think at some point Father Time's going to catch this man, and what does he do every year but just get better? Um, but for me, I, I definitely, I definitely um, agree with you. I, I, I think he all they did was just load him up with more weapons. So. I 100% can see him still throwing for over 5,000 yards. I don't think he throws for 43 touchdowns. Um, I think that goes somewhere in like the 36, 37 range, um, just because I do think Leonard Fortnite has started to establish himself as a running threat with Tampa. So for me, I can definitely see somewhere around the 5,000-yard mark that he hits and then probably anywhere between 36, 37 touchdowns. Yeah, I, I don't think that's I don't think that's unrealistic. Um, I'd be I'll be honest, I'll be shocked if he throws for five thousand yards and seven hundred times again. Um, but I wouldn't be shocked if he threw for forty touchdowns just because it's Tom Brady. You know, I, I it's similar to the Super Bowl a few years back. You got the ball on the one or two yard line. You got Marshawn Lynch on your team you hand the ball to Marshawn Lynch. You don't throw the ball. You've seen what happens when you throw the ball. Now, if you're in the red zone, if you're in the red, if you're in the red zone and you have, 
<laughs> if you're in the red zone and you have Tom Brady as your quarterback, do you want to hand the ball to Leonard Fournette or throw the ball with Tom Brady? I would rather throw the ball with Tom Brady in the red zone than run the ball with Leonard Fournette. So I, I don't look for the rushing touchdowns to be you know super high. I think that's the reason he's thrown for 40 touchdowns in Tampa. You know, we all know the Patriots like to do that weird running back by committee. One game, Brady might throw for seven touchdowns. The next game, there might be five rushing touchdowns among the running backs. That was just Belichick's system. This new Bucks system, unbelievable. They have the perfect man to do it. I'd like to believe that Tom Brady's going to regress eventually. Now, he's only improved in the last few years. Um, fun fact, I, I did some research on Brady's numbers. In the last five seasons, he has played, so from his age 40 season to now, his age 44, 45 year, he has played roughly the same, give or take a few points, a few numbers here and there, but roughly the same as he did the five years prior to that in his 35 to 40 seasons. So this man is essentially been the the Tim Duncan of consistency when it comes to his statistics. I like the I mean, comparison a lot. He, he essentially has, you know, Tim Duncan basically averaged 20 and 10 for his entire career, and Brady's essentially averaged the same numbers his entire career. So surprisingly, when you actually break it down and look at it, Brady's played better in his last two years in Tampa statistically than he did in any season in um New England, maybe with the exception of the Randy Moss year. But last thing I want to last thing I want to ask you about Tom Brady, though, just came out, I believe, yesterday. Um, the news officially broke today. Um, the official, you know, diagnosis, I guess. Center for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Jensen, is going to miss potentially months with an injury. Was carted off the field in practice yesterday. What do you think that does for the Bucks line, for the Bucks offense? Ryan Jensen is a major piece of that team. He's a huge veteran, uh, one of the best centers in all of football. I mean, I'm not going to downplay this. This is definitely concerning just because Tom Brady's not mobile. Um, you know, the man makes a living throwing the ball. He's not your mobile quarterback. He's not going to scramble. He's not going to be able to make stuff really happened outside the pocket and you know he was a very big piece and um, I believe he's only given up something crazy it was like two sacks in the last two seasons so um, I'm not going to downplay this it's definitely concerning Um, I think they figure it out but I definitely think it'll take a couple games for us to figure it out first 100% I, I, I feel my prediction is I think Tom Brady channels his inner Peyton Manning and does a lot of the audible calls and the pre-snap play calling. I think he does a lot of that uh, during the season, similar to what Peyton Manning did his whole career. Number eight. Um, this is somebody you actually had at number nine. Um, I had it at number eight. We agreed to put these two, eight and nine, in this order. Who do we got, John? So we have Dak Prescott. So for me, Dak was a weird one. I mean, when we look at what he did last year, you know, almost 4,500 yards, 37 touchdowns. Um, The man is good. It's just, I'll let my bias come in for a second. It's hard for me to believe in the Dallas Cowboys, Um, even though Amari Cooper was, you know, out more than he was in normally last year. I definitely think having him in helped. 
I am not fully convinced that CD Lamb can be the dude by himself. Um, he's definitely amazing, talented, not taking anything away from him. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't see him finishing much higher than where we have him right now. I, I don't have any bold predictions for that. Yeah, you know, quarterback nine last year had two quarterback one finishes on the season. I think my biggest thing with Dak, I agree with you. I don't see him finishing any higher than where we have him right now. Um, I'd be, you know, we have Tom Brady at seven. I think we had Kyler Murray at five and seven between us. Um, I don't see him finishing above the two of them. I don't see him finishing above Joe Burrow. So I do think there's a possibility that Dak finishes any, you know, like I said, in that five to eight range, but the only way I see that being a possibility is if he gets back to using his legs the way he did previously prior to his injury. Um, well, so for me, it's really interesting you say that because I know when we do running back rankings, you you really liked Zeke as a sleeper. Do you not think Zeke will get more back on track and possibly take away from you know those touchdowns that Dak threw? I, I still look for Dak to to throw for thirty five to thirty eight touchdowns. Um, I don't think I don't think that's crazy. You know, uh, I, I do think Zeke is going to get back on track and have a have a top 10 year. Um, but my biggest thing with Dak though, is prior to his injury, he was rushing the ball fairly well. Um, and last year only 146 yards and one rushing touchdown, um, ran the ball 48 times. I think he's got to run the ball a few more times than that. Um, maybe closer to a Kyler Murray, Patrick Mahomes, you know, running the ball. Patrick Mahomes rushed it 66 times, Kyler Murray 88. I think anywhere in that range. Um, and if that can get his rushing yards up to 300 yards or so, and maybe three or four rushing touchdowns added to his passing work, I think it's very plausible that Dak finishes higher than eight. Um, so but for without, me, it's, without it's those rushing numbers, I, I don't think it's going to be possible for him. I mean, it's hard to imagine that because last year was the year he threw for the most touchdowns and 37 touchdowns. I mean, obviously 2020 was an injury year, but I mean, the three previous years before that injury, 30 touchdowns, 22 touchdowns, 22 touchdowns. So, I mean, for me, I still think he's going to be right in the 30, 33 range. So it's hard to see him doing any better than where we have him ranked. Yeah. um, And just to, you know, go back to the point I was just making about him on the ground. Prior to his injury, uh, the first four seasons in the NFL, on the ground, 282 yards, 357, 305, and 277. Six touchdowns, six touchdowns, six touchdowns, and three touchdowns in those four years. Then he got injured, and through the five games before he got injured, or up to the point he got injured, he already had 93 rushing yards and three touchdowns on the ground. Last season, in a full season, only ran the ball 48 times for 146 yards and one rushing touchdown. So again, if Dak can get back to those old numbers, running it 60 times for 300 yards and five rushing touchdowns, I think Dak could finish much, much higher and probably win some people their league if they take Dak late in rounds. He gets those legs going, I think he'll win people championships this year. I really do. All right, all right. Well, so that brings us to number nine. Uh, this one I thought was very interesting. Uh, why don't you uh, kick us off with this one? 
Number nine, we went with Jalen Hurts. Uh, you had him rank eighth. I had him rank ninth. We we ended up putting him ninth, um, right behind Dak. I think we both agreed that these two are going to come down to, you know, it's they're they're going to be separated by a few points. Dak and Jalen Hurts. I think though, when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, last year Jalen Hurts finished quarterback eight, Dak nine. Jalen Hurts threw for three thousand one hundred yards. 16 touchdowns, nine interceptions, had 784 yards on the ground and 10 rushing touchdowns. Added A.J. Brown, still have the former Heisman winner, Devonta Smith. The third third and fourth options, actually, they added Zach Paschal, who's not a terrible receiver, and they have a guy that they drafted two or three years ago that actually had a better season than Zach Paschal, uh, Quez Watkins. 43 catches, 647 yards, and a touchdown last year. Not to mention, still have Jalen Rager, Miles Sanders, Dallas Goddard. Jalen Hurts has weapons. I don't envision a world where he finishes in the top five, but he has the pieces. He has the rushing ability. What is it for you? What does Jalen Hurts have to do to get into that upper echelon, that top five range for quarterbacks? For me, he's got to be consistent throwing. I mean, here's what drives me wild with Jalen Hurts is you always and and I'm gonna take take a line from some of the some of the experts we listen to all the time. But like you cringe whenever you start Jalen Hurts as your starting quarterback for fantasy because the first three quarters he never does anything, and then almost kind of has like this Tebow time where towards the end of the third quarter, beginning of the fourth quarter, he just turns it on and gives you a bunch of rushing. So for me, it's more consistency in the throwing game. Um, you know, he's not someone I would want to personally ride that ride with as far as drafting. Um, I'm going to avoid him, but I mean, his rushing ability definitely keeps him up there. Um, to answer your question, it's just got to be more consistency throwing. Yeah, I, I I don't disagree with you there. You know, if you if you drafted Jalen Hurts last year and you started him in the first seven weeks, you only had one finish in those first seven weeks outside of the top 10. In those seven weeks, he finished his quarterback four, five, six, seven. But it was after that, quarterback 24, quarterback 12, quarterback 27, quarterback 19. Then you sprinkle in a quarterback two and a three here and there. And that was his season. You know, you might get a guy that is finishing worse than Baker Mayfield but then finishing as the quarterback two the following week. So yeah, I think, I think it's consistency for him. Um, I, I think he has the potential. And like I said, he definitely has the pieces to finish a lot higher than quarterback nine. Um, again, quarterback eight last year. And that was with only throwing for 3,100 yards. So I, we are going to finish the show with number 10. Um, one of my favorite quarterbacks, and we I did really, we did differ a little bit here at number ten. Um, we did we did. Um, I believe you had Aaron Rodgers. For me, he was one of my favorite late quarterbacks that I wanted to draft last year. Um, the man once once the man got traded to the Rams, I, I saw just I got wide eyed and bushy tailed. Like the, the the man is a throwing machine. And we're talking about none other than Matthew Stafford. I mean, you want to talk about consistency that Jalen Hurts needs? Take no better look at Matthew Stafford at Mr. Consistency when it comes to covering the ball. Finished with almost 4,900 yards last year, 41 touchdowns. 
Um, I mean, the man can do it all, um, led the team to the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I think we've talked about it time and time again. When, if you gave the man a team, he was going to be able to do it. And that's exactly what he did. Yeah, you know, finished his quarterback six last year, was one of the six guys that threw the ball 600 times. Um, didn't have any quarterback one finishes, but quarterback two, three, four, uh, he was quarterback five a couple of times. Yeah, he's Matthew Stafford's a guy that would not shock me if he ended up in the top 10. Um, one stat that really stuck out to me was he was quarterback six last year with 17 interceptions. Now, he just cuts out five of those. I think his numbers stay about the same everywhere else. Um, but if he can throw for 10 to 12 interceptions... I think, yeah, I think it's very reasonable that Matt Stafford repeats that quarterback six finish last year. Would not surprise me. Um, and let's be honest, the man has Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is going to have another unbelievable season. We have no reason to doubt that. We'll just go ahead and ruin the surprise for you guys. He's probably going to go number one in our fantasy and <laughs> our fantasy yeah. rankings for wide receivers. Yeah, we're probably going to wait on receivers. I think we're going to plan on doing tight ends next uh, next episode, but... Yeah, Cooper Cup will most likely be number one. I'm putting him number one. That's no secret. I'm I don't think. Him number one. <laughs> yeah, so Cooper Cup will be number one. Spoiler alert. They added Allen Robinson. They still have Van Jefferson, who's a very good receiver, a very good young receiver. Tyler Higby's still on that team. They still have Akers and Daryl Henderson. They have the continuity. I think adding Allen Robinson in place of a guy like Robert Woods, opposite of Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson's more athletic. And. Let's be honest, before the Bears pretty much put him on the shelf and tried to ruin his career, essentially, Allen Robinson was a great receiver. And now he's going to be your number two. He's a guy that you can't really you can't really put any extra attention on him because you take attention away from Cooper Cup. So I see a lot of one-on-one coverage for Allen Robinson. I see him taking advantage of a lot of that one-on-one coverage this year. Matt Stafford's going to have a... He's going to have another field day this year. He needs to limit those turnovers, and I think he could finish even higher than quarterback 10. You know, I do want to mention Aaron Rodgers as well. I had him at number 10. I had Matt Stafford at 11. I think those two are going to be very similar. Rodgers lost Devontae Adams, but the way they throw the ball, the the Green Bay Packers, I'm saying, the way they throw the ball, that offense is built for Aaron Rodgers. Um, And the other thing, too, well, the other thing, too, is he only – he hasn't thrown for double digit interceptions since 2010. So Rogers is a guy that is going to, he's not going to lose fantasy points, turning the ball over his numbers and yardage and touchdowns. They might not be as high as somebody like Matt Stafford, but the tiebreaker for me was the amount of interceptions and turnovers Aaron Rodgers has compared to Matt Stafford. For um, me, the tiebreaker was that they added Allen Robinson and lost Devontae Adams. For me, that that was a no-brainer for me as far as that regards. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but at the same time, too, Aaron Rodgers is kind of he's to me he's kind of like a Tom Brady uh, in the sense of you don't want to bet against him. You know, I, I eventually Tom Brady's going to have to regress, right? Well, eventually Aaron Rodgers is going to have to have a bad season, and he hasn't yet. So. We have no reason to doubt the man. Uh, we have no reason to doubt his ability. So 
I think Matt Stafford, Aaron Rodgers, around that 10-11 area, I think that's reasonable for them. But yeah, Matt Stafford, having Cooper Cup, adding Allen Robinson, if he can limit those turnovers, higher than a 10 finish is going to be very, very much in the cards for him. Well, folks, I think that's going to do it for us. Um, Like Nick said, uh, next week, I think we're going to get into tight ends. And then um, if you're looking ahead, I think after that, the next two weeks, we'll go running backs and probably finish off with the bangers of wide receiver as we get closer to the draft. But uh, shout us out in the comments. Let us know what you think about your rankings. Uh, Throw your rankings out there. We always love to hear the feedback and, you know, see where you guys stand and what you feel. Absolutely. Yeah. If you got somebody else in the top 10 that we don't have or that we didn't talk about, let us know. Um, you know, and some of you might have Russell Wilson up in your top 10, you know, I know it was, uh, somebody that we both had, I think ranked 12th. So mm-hmm. just outside of our top 10. Um, but yeah, let us know if you got any other, any other quarterbacks that you think deserve to be mentioned. Let us know. As always, my name is Jonathan and I'm the Ebony. And my name is Nick and I'm the Ivory.